0: understood as a child, I thought as a child, but when I became a man, I put away childish things. My title for your consideration today is The Bottle or the Battle. The Bottle or the Battle. Let's all lift our voices and pray that God would help us today. Jesus, I pray that your understanding would enlighten us today. Lord, you know the world that we're facing right now and things that are unfolding. And so I pray that you help us, Lord, to equip our minds and our souls, Lord, to be prepared for what we're facing, God, and help us to do those things that you've called us to do. Lord, help us to be what you've called us to be, Lord, and help us to be responsible with what we have. Be with us today and expand our boundaries today and be with us as we explore your truth. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody say amen. Amen. You can be seated. This will not be an easy message for me today because some things are not easy to talk about. There are some things that are, in fact, difficult to talk about. I don't like talking about wills and death. I don't like talking about distributing things that if I die, what will go to my wife and kids? If she dies, what will go to me and the kids? If we both die together, what will that look like? I don't like talking about fire alarms and smoke alarms and fire extinguishers. In my house, in the master bedroom, there is a fire extinguisher in my walk-in closet. Well, why would you not have one in the kitchen? Oh, I've got one there too. But you see, I've thought out the scenario that most fires happen at night, and they get a really good head start before you're aware of it. So I just happen to have one in my master bedroom in the master closet so that if I have to fight my way out of my house to get me and my kids and my wife out of there, I'm going to fight my way down our stairway without fire extinguisher to try to fight our way out of that house. I don't like to think about that, but I've had to think about that because I'm the man of the house. I don't like to think about the world we're in right now with home invasions. If you get a knock on your door at 2 o'clock in the morning, be aware of the knock at the front door, but be aware that somebody's getting ready to kick your back door in. Any research that I've done on home invasions, that's how it works. I don't like to talk about that. I don't like to have that discussion with my family. I would rather ignore it than just pretend that home invasions don't exist, and yet I find that there's a reality that that's just the way it is. I don't want to watch the news and continue to see things about Ukraine and continue to see things about Israel and Hamas. I don't like to, to watch that, but that is a reality that's playing out right now. Listening to the news the other night and finding out that China is building shipyards all over the world, and they're building more ships than anybody else on the planet. And we, in fact, are building less ships than anybody else on the planet. They say that it's for shipping and commerce, and you would like to believe that, and that's fine, but the reality is they're preparing for war. While we argue about petty things in politics and back and forth, the right wing and the left wing, and and, and the conservatives and the liberals, while we debate that and have discussions about petty things, the world is preparing for war, and we don't want to talk about it. We'd rather talk about lawsuits and somebody's feelings. The reason why they're building shipyards all over the world is because they discovered that Japan and World War II took too much time to get their ships, their injured, their disabled ships back to Japan and so many of those ships were sunk on their way back to get repaired and so China, as you would believe that they're just building shipyards to make commerce happen, make no mistake about it, they're building shipyards to repair their battleships as they begin to place those all over the world. I don't like to talk about it, I don't like to think about it, but that's the world we're in. I don't want to talk about the economy. I don't want to talk about e-money and and electronic money that will make things so much easier so you can't get robbed and so you can't uh, have somebody take your money or so that drug cartels can't use money and people can't buy illegal firearms. I'd like to believe that that's the truth, but the reality is e-money will happen to make massive control. They will control what you buy, sell, and trade. Sounds like scripture. And so all of these things are things that I don't like to talk about, but I also don't like to talk about a very real spiritual world. There is a very spiritual world that we are at war with. And so, as we are in this world, I feel like it's only fair to give us warning today that we are in a war that we didn't choose. There are plenty of citizens in Ukraine, city of plenty of citizens in both sides of, of Israel and Gaza that the citizens themselves didn't choose this, but there is a war that's going on around them. And they didn't choose that war. I didn't choose this war between good and evil. I didn't choose this war that's going on right now, but I'm in it and you're in it. And so here we are. If you believe that there's a God, then you must believe that there's a devil. If you believe that there's a God, then you must believe in angels. If you believe in angels, then you have to believe that a third of them fell out of heaven and are now demons. That's just the way it is. You can't just believe that the only spirit world going on is this wonderful world of blessings that God has for his saints, there is a war. And we have a choice to make between the bottle or the battle. The scripture says, when I was a child, I spake as a child. I understood as a child. I I thought as a child. And so in this, we see that speaking like a child, that this, this, this concept that we have when we're a child that That our conversations, at least my conversations as a child, were were petty and selfish. They were all about me, as most children are. You don't have to teach your child how to be selfish. They learn that all on their own because it's in our nature when we're born. When I was a child, life was all about me. It was my wants, my desires, my feelings. I didn't talk about caring for others. I said things with no regard for others. And I spoke with no regard for what I was transmitting in the spirit world. I spoke my mind. I was a kid. I wasn't mature enough to realize the power of my words. Short-sighted, not considering the future or the big picture. I talked primarily about football, bikes, and skateboards. Very little about God, heaven, or the spirit world. I was a child. I understood as a child, which means I had very little understanding or wisdom. I didn't understand value of things. I'd play rough with my toys because I didn't buy it. I didn't know what it was like to earn money. It was given to me as a present, as a gift. My toy got broken. I didn't know the value or the cost of it. I didn't understand saving and investing. I didn't understand fitness and wellness. I didn't understand choosing relationships wisely. The importance of education, how much, uh, how to make plans and preparations for the future, how much people over me cared about me and cared for my well being my parents, my teachers, my church leaders. I had no comprehension that they were spending their time effort energy to make me a better person and a better individual investing into my life i had no value or understanding of that i thought as a child not only did i speak or understand as a child i i thought as a child i thought about here and now i didn't strategize about the needs of others i valued things more than people A child thinks reactionary, but a mature adult prepares and plans. As a child, I had no thought for tomorrow. Mom and Dad worked and paid the bills. They made sure we had a home. Mom made sure we had dinner on the table. Dad kept up with the yard and the car maintenance. Mom did our laundry at least till we were 12. They bought our clothes. My dad locked the doors at night. My dad served in the Army, and he was ready to defend our home. That's what he did as a dad. As a child, I, I, I thought, as many uh, child do, that, that I didn't concern myself with any responsibilities for myself or anyone else. I thought as a child. Then I became a man. Paul says this in this passage. Now he's saying I became a man because he was a man. So what he's referring to here, this isn't a a service for men. I I don't expect the ladies would check out and say, well, he's talking about Paul becoming a man. No, what he's saying is he became a man because he was a boy. Now he becomes a man. What I'm telling you is he's saying that he became an adult. He became mature. And so whether you're male or female here today, it's much about becoming an adult and becoming mature, not male or female. You see, when I became a man, I had to make a choice to put away childish things. Your age does not qualify you to be an adult. Your maturity does. I had to become responsible. I had to make a decision to become an adult for my children the way that my parents were for my brother and I. When I became an adult, I had to plan, prepare, and provide for someone else. Life was no longer all about me. That, that changed when I became married. I was no longer looking out and spending my money based on my wants or desires. I now had a wife that I had to be considerate of. The next layer of that was not only a wife, but then children come along, and then more sacrifice and more of doing without my things and the, th- the time I wanted to do things for myself and my hunting and my fishing, all of a sudden that time went even more on the back burner and the money and the time, the effort and the energy now was spent investing into my wife and my children because I became mature. When I gave my heart to God, there were people that were responsible for me coming to God. There were people that, Prayed for me. There were people that loved me. There were people that coached, guided, and discipled me. There were people more mature than me that led me. Maturity. Thank God there were people in the church that I attended as a kid that loved me enough that saw some value in me and invested their selves, their time, their study time, their prayer time into a little boy that they did not know would at some point lead this great church. Betty Parker. Brother Davis. Brother and Sister Sharp. Brother and Sister Sword. Many others, the Blankenships, many others that spoke into my life and helped build and mold and shape me. Of course, the Cisco's. Later on in my path, it had a major step in my development. Maturity. I knew a man in his 30s married with two kids, two kids in junior high school. His wife would go to work and he would invite his friends over and play video games all day while she provided for the home. Yes, he was in his 30s, but was he a man? Did he speak? Did he understand? Did he think like a man? You decide. When I became a man, an adult, I, I had to speak, understand, and think like a man, like an adult man. As I stated before, this is not a passage for males. This is a passage for people that, become, that graduate from childlike thinking to mature thinking. So my question is, what age are you in the Spirit? What age are you in the Spirit? If you're in the Lord's army, we used to sing that song as we were kids. Tanks, planes, I'm in the Lord's army. We used to sing that song. If every one of us right here are in the Lord's Army, what rank would you be? Would that rank be because of the amount of time you've spent in the Lord's Army? Or would it be based on your qualifications? Would it be based on the combat and the, and the things that you've seen, the things you've accomplished, the, the things that you've graduated out of? Or do you think you would have a certain you would think you would have a certain rank just based on time that you've served. So I ask, how mature are you in the spirit? I'm not asking how many years you've you've been saved, I'm asking how mature are you in the Lord. Well, Pastor, how do I know if it's not measured by years? When well, the passage that we just read, have you moved from childish to spiritual? In your speech, in your understanding, in your thinking. In your conversations, is it spiritual or kingdom conversations? Or is it reaching lost friends and neighbors? Is it things that God is showing you in prayer? What is your understanding in the spirit world? Do you understand spiritual authority? How do you fight spiritual battles? How do you handle Flesh battles. How do you know if it's God talking to you or it's the enemy talking to you or it's yourself talking to yourself? How do you know? You learn that through maturity. You learn that through growth and development. You learn that through digging in through the word. You, you learn that through processing through life and figuring that out. You learn that you cannot cast out flesh. If your problem is a flesh problem, it's got to be crucified. You don't get to cast out flesh. I've got a temptation, I've got a struggle. You've got to cast down your flesh. You've got to cast down imaginations and every high thing that exalteth against the knowledge of God, that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God and, and, and bring into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. You have to do that if it's flesh. But there are some things that are spirit. You can't cast down spirit. You cast out spirit. You can't crucify a spirit. It lives forever. You have to know, is it spirit? Is it flesh? You have to be mature enough in the spirit to figure this stuff out. You have to navigate through this with with great understanding and great insight and begin to seek the Lord and look in the word and process through those things. So what do you talk about? What, What is your understanding in the spirit world? What do you think about on a regular basis? Again, as a child, I spake, I I understood, I thought. So what what are you thinking about? Is it the Buckeyes next season? Is it their next recruiting class? Now, look, everything I'm about to say, I enjoy. I talk about the Buckeyes. But is it your passion is what my point is? I'm trying to figure out if I'm, if I'm going back to my childhood and I'm just all only, only talking about the Buckeyes and, and talking about fishing and hunting and clothing and fashion, which may be some of the ladies, and, 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 and an open door, or is it to talk to, a, to somebody? Is it praying that God had given you an open door to talk to your friends? Is, is it some new revelation that God has given you? Are you reading books and, and, and watching videos on the dimensions of the Spirit and, and how to navigate through certain things in the Spirit realm? Jesus is looking for disciples and warriors that understand the spirit world, disciples that understand their place and power in the spirit. So again, I ask, if this is the Lord's army, what is your rank? 1 Corinthians uh, 2.14 says this, But the natural man receiveth not the things of the, uh, not the, things of the spirit of God, For they are foolishness unto them. Neither can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. But he that is spiritual judgeth all things. Yea, he himself is judged of no man. For who hath known the mind of the Lord, that he may instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. And I, brethren, could not speak unto you as a... As unto spiritual, but as unto carnal. Even as unto babes in Christ. Song to the Corinthian church here and saying, I would love to come along and talk to you about higher dimensions of things, more important things, things in the in the spirit. But I, but I have to talk to you as as spiritual children. No growth. No development. No, no greater understanding, just very basic Sunday school for this group of adults that should have been leaders. I cannot speak unto you as a spiritual, but as unto carnal, even as unto babes in Christ. I have fed you with milk and not with meat. For hitherto ye were not able to bear it, neither yet now are you able, for ye are yet carnal. For whereas there is among you envying and strife and divisions, are you not carnal and walk as men? Your thoughts about church. is it spiritual in nature or does it have a tendency to lead back to whether the church is fulfilling your needs now we understand the new birth we understand if there's a new birth that there's there's babies there's there's children, there's, there's toddlers, there's children, there's adolescents, there's teenagers, there's adults. We, we understand that we all went through that process. No matter what age we were, I, I was a, a babe in Christ at 12. Some people were babes in Christ at 5. Some people were babes in Christ at 30. Some people were babes in Christ at 60. So we all know that there's that baby stage, and that's not an insult. That's just an understanding. And so certainly as a babe in Christ, if you're coming to church and, 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 and looking at stuff and things and think this would be better if we would do that, certainly nobody has issue with that. That's very natural for a babe in Christ to be looking for things that help to serve and help to, to nurture them and feed them. That's certainly not wrong. The issue is when we get into teenage and young adult Christianity, if we're still that person, then we're not really mature. At that point, we should be be advancing, we should be eating uh, uh, eating meat, we should be more mature, we should be at a point where we're handling correction, that we understand the value of prayer and intercession and understand that what we're doing here is moving through the dimension of the Spirit and not coming to play church, but coming to do battle and warfare because there's a very real world out there that's trying to destroy you. I don't want to think about EMPs. I don't want to think about the the things that China is, is trying to do. I don't want to think about all the cyber attacks that are happening. But all you have to do is get online and watch the sheriff of Butler County, Ohio, which is the national president. He is the national president for every sheriff agencies in the United States. Watch his 25-minute video about what's happening in our nation and what he's begging our government, our government in Washington, D.C., to do something about. I don't want to talk about 10 million a year coming across the border. And a large part of them now, they're finding a large contingency is not just people coming looking for work, looking for a better life. They are Chinese. How'd they get out of China? My question is, how they get it in England over here? That's easy. Just walk across like everybody else is. But my question is, how do they get out of China unless China's sending over very strategic people? Listen to this sheriff from Butler County that's, that's going to the White House, asking for a meeting and cannot get the meeting. And so he meets with the director of Homeland Security and starts asking some questions that he can't go get good answers to. I don't want to talk about that stuff. But it's happening. I don't want to talk about the grid going down. I don't want to talk about sleeper cells being, being uh, initiated. You know why sleeper cells exist? So that you can awake them. Pastor, why are you telling all this stuff? You're bumming me out. Because there is a very real spirit world that that same thing is going on in. I woke up this morning before my alarm went off, and, 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 I, and I got up, and, 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 and the first words out of my mouth this morning, I was talking to the Lord. I said, God, if I could handle it, would you permit me to see what's going on in the spirit world? And I, and I quantified that because I knew it was a, a big question. Because I wasn't sure I would be able to handle. If I could really have the x-ray vision to just see the natural with one set of eyes, and see everything that's going on in this room right now in the supernatural. You see, I, I suppose that a lot of us would think, well, if we could see that, we would just see the blessings of the Lord. Everything would be butterflies, everything would be everything would be just beautiful, and just Jesus would just be everywhere, and His creation is so beautiful. We would see this beautiful thing. I don't think we want to admit. To to some of the horrific things that we would see actually in the spirit world. You see, there was a day I, I was I was kind of raised. I was born in '66. Was kind of raised in the '70s and '80s, and that's kind of where my music background is, and the, my my music during my formidable years was back in those days. Um, but but you know, there was something that 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 was this really cool thing that preachers used to preach about called. Back masking. And 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 what you would do is you would take a record and you would spin it backwards and forwards. It might be a love song, but backwards it'd be like, I am the devil. And that's about what we did too, because you would have to really listen closely and and, and we weren't really sure it was saying, you know, you once they told you what that what it's saying, you could listen and then kind of figure out, yeah, that kind of sounds like it, but I'm not sure they're really saying that. Welcome to 2024. Welcome to the last three or four Grammys where, the, where on the national stage there are satanic songs and satanic emblems and, and, and satanic gestures, and the songs themselves are unholy pentagrams and demonics and cages and flames at the Grammys at, the, at these music awards and so it's no longer hidden in some kind of back mask if that ever was a thing it's right out in the open and it's celebrated. That's the world we're in right now. And if we think we're going to come to church and just slip in after prayer and then just have a good service, they are going to say, Boy, we had church today. Wasn't it a good service? Yes, I was blessed to be there. And we're going to go home and not realize that there is a very real fight on our hands, a fight for your family, just like somebody would try to invade your home and steal your stuff and hurt your family. There are very real demonic forces trying to kill you. So you have to decide, is it the bottle or the battle? I didn't choose this. I didn't choose this war. Here I am. I got born into this. Didn't ask to be born. Didn't ask for this whole heaven and hell scenario to be playing out. But here we are. So I don't get to choose that, but I do get to choose whether I stay on the bottle or whether I decide I'm going to get in the battle and I'm going to be a man of warfare and I don't want to just be stuck at this level of of my being in the Lord's army. I want to advance. I want to move forward. I want to grow. I want to learn. I want to be more effective. I want to be a lethal weapon in the Lord's hands. And if you choose to sit there, And decide the bottle. It's your choice to make. But remember this, if somebody comes knocking at your door and you just say, I'm too comfortable in the bed, I don't want to go get that, the battle will come to you. So you can either choose to prepare or you can choose to be overtaken. If you ever had anybody try to break in your house, it's easy to say, let me say this, if you've never had somebody try to break in your home while you're there, it's easy to say what you would do or not do, what you would think or not think. It's a different story. When somebody's trying to come through your window and you think it's the cat, it's the neighbors. And you go to the door of your apartment and think, I'm going to scare that cat. And you open the door real quick. And there's a guy about 10 feet away from you with a screwdriver trying to get in your window. Whatever your scenario is, what I would do, I'm telling you, I've been there. And it changed my whole attitude. Because, you see, I'm dealing with a person face-to-face right now that is ready for trouble because he's coming for trouble. He hasn't put in a good, hard day's work. He's not laying in bed just thinking about fishing or thinking about something else. He's there ready. If a fight happens, he's ready in his mind to take that on. I'm not looking for trouble. I just want to go to sleep and wake up and go to work tomorrow. That's how the enemy works. He works in ambush. And so at that point, I had to make sure that moving forward, I'm going to have my mind ready. Everybody say ready. That the next time there's trouble at the door, what am I going to do? You see, that comes to preparing. That comes to now. I've got a wife and kids now that are depending on me to be ready. I have to be that guy. I don't want to be that guy. I have to be that guy. I've made a choice. I will be that guy because that's my role. Likewise, if there's spiritual things happening in my family, i got to know how to navigate through that. If something spiritual is going on in the church, in the family, in my community, in my neighborhood, with new people coming to the church, I have to be willing to do warfare and help fight for them. You cannot get me to believe otherwise what I'm about to tell you. When we brought the Rig family up here a couple of weeks ago and prayed for them, something amazing happened. You can't make me believe that our prayers didn't do something. Our prayers matter. Well, does that make us great? No. It means that we did what God asked us to do, and we did our part, and God did his part, and some prayers were answered. That's why we pray. That's how that works. And so we have to be willing to engage. We have to be willing to seek God. We have to be willing to get outside of our our comfort zone and be willing to seek the lord hebrews 5 and 12 for when the time you ought to be teachers you have need that one teach you again you know what our troubling time is every year it's when we're going into our family groups i tell you why that's a struggle struggle sometimes, Brother Croner, is because when we get together and begin to talk about people coming to the church and getting new people plugged into the church and getting people plugged into some of these families, the struggle is we have a conversation, who's ready to multiply out? Who's the ones that are in a home group that are now mature enough that we can take that home group multiply it out, and half of them go with this group, and half of them stay, and now we have two groups where we have more people to put more more new people into. You don't have to be fluent in Greek and Hebrew. You don't have to be a major prayer warrior. We're just looking for somebody that's just kind of mature. And when we have to scratch our heads sometimes and say, is this person ready? Based on maturity, it doesn't look like they're ready yet. Based on how they handle certain things, based on their knowledge, based just on some very fundamental things. The, high, the, the criteria is so low. For maturity, you see, we can't have babes in Christ. I'm not a babe in Christ, I've been coming to this church for 30 years. Are you showing signs of maturity? Can we trust three or four families into your care? Can I trust that you see the value of prayer based on your prayer attendance? Can I trust to see your value of prayer the way you lift your voice to God or the way you don't? Your conversations, the thing you talk about, do. Are you quiet in prayer, but then when we say hey, amen, you erupt and talk about whatever you want to talk about, and that's a whole lot louder than your prayers? I'm just asking. This is not a TCT problem. This is a humanity problem. And hopefully the quietness that I'm experiencing right now with you is simply because you're thinking and processing and you're making a decision. Maybe it's time for me to get into battle. Hebrews 5, 12, For when the time you ought to be teachers, you have need that one teach you again. Everybody say again. Which be the first principles of the oracle of God that are become such as have need of milk and not of strong meat. For everyone that useth milk is unskillful in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. But strong meat belongeth to them that are of full age. Even those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. Therefore, leaving the principles of the doctrine of Christ, let us go on to perfection. That word there doesn't mean perfect. It doesn't mean flawless. It means maturity. Let us move on to a, a mature Christian, not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works and faith towards God. In other words, we, we, we can't just keep going on and talk about these These small things that you need to get. Look at your neighbor and say, you need to get it. Why? Because we have a mission to reach some people. We need people here that will grow up. Look at your neighbor and say, grow up. That will grow up. So that as we multiply families out, that you can be a leader. Again, it's not a very high watermark. But I can't even imagine putting some new people into the care of somebody that doesn't understand certain principles. That don't really understand there's a spirit world going on out here that's trying to destroy you. Number of years ago, I was asking the Lord to show me some things in the spirit, and what He began to tell me was, "You look in the natural, and you'll see what's happening in the spirit." And so I began to see what was happening in politics. Then I began to see what spirits are behind those political things. What things are going on in our educational system? God would begin to show me what's happening in the spirit world behind our educational system. What's going on in Hollywood? What's their agenda? What's their, what are they doing? They're trying to destroy families. They're trying to, to, to sexualize the whole world. And, and then at the same time, they sexualize the whole world with their movies, but then, but then they have a Me Too movement that talks about you know, um, um, uh, objectifying women. And yet their whole industry is doing it, but then they want to get mad at people for doing it. You promote it. You sell plenty of movies and make millions of dollars doing that. And then somebody does that with one of your actresses, and now you, you, you want to just take them to task and, and sue them over them, and rightly so. But then you can't turn around and promote those kind of movies. Gun violence. Every time there's a, a gun crime, they, 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 they try to pass a new law. My question is this. Will any law that you're trying to pass right now, would it have stopped that shooting? I contend that if it's a gun problem, then I had a pencil problem in high school. My pencil got me D's and C's. Drunk drivers, you gotta you gotta get rid of cars. I tell you what, Hollywood, instead of banning guns, I got an idea. Why don't you start cleaning up some of your movies and cleaning up some of the violence in your movies because you're transmitting something to the heart of young men and young women that violence is okay, power is okay, greed is okay. Why don't you try to change the heart? What we're dealing with in America is a heart problem. You'd take care of a drug problem. you take care of a, a violence problem. you take care of a, 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 a problem. you take care of a, a human trafficking problem. You'd take care of a lot of problems if you wouldn't try to take God out of everything. We posted a sermon, Bill. We posted a sermon right after pandemic hit. The sermon was entitled, Weapons of Mass Distraction. How long did it last, Bill? An hour? It lasted an hour on YouTube. Took off because of the content. There was not one thing on there about any kind of war, but my title said weapons. I don't know if this will stay up because it's got a soldier there holding a bang stick, just in case I'm not allowed to say The G word took us, took that message off. I said not one thing about firearms, said not one thing about violence, just a great catchy title, weapons of mass distraction. It was a two part series on we have to keep our mind on the harvest because all kinds of things will come our way to get us from doing God's will in our life. That was the whole message. And it got taken off YouTube in an hour. He reposted it later and just called it Sermon Series 1 and 2. It's still up. Now, nobody else can access it. We were just experimenting just to see what would happen. But it's still there. What I'm telling you is there's control. And so you look at what's happening in the natural, I'll tell you what's happening in the spirit. Control. Control of your finance, control of your mind control of the propaganda that we're getting, all of that is control. That's how the enemy works, to control you. And if we don't wake up and understand there's a very real spirit world going on that's trying to kill and steal and destroy, then you are missing it. You're just playing church. Will be revealed in our actions. No matter what you say you believe, it will be revealed in your passion. It will be revealed as a child in the things you talk about, the things you understand, and the things you think about. It will be revealed. But when you become mature, everything changes. I want the musicians to come. I wonder what we would see, and I'm still asking that God would do that, and I am and I trust him that he will do that at the level that he believes I can handle. I wonder what we would see if we could actually see over top of people. If we could see the warfare that's taken place with perhaps angels and demons fighting for your soul. I, I wonder what we would see if we realized that and the moment we pray, angels begin to go do warfare on our behalf or on the behalf of the person we're praying for. I wonder what would happen if we could really see. A number of years ago, there was a, there was a, a book called Piercing the Darkness, and, and uh, Frank Peretti, if I'm not mistaken, wrote a book, and he wrote a couple books. But, but it, make, it started to give these very vivid images of what happens when Christians pray. It's a book, so it's not, a, a, it's not the Bible. But what it did is it made you think about I, that, that my prayers matter. My prayers do something. So it caused all of us to want to pray. It wasn't just some sweet, kind gesture that we did. Because we believe that when we prayed, something happened. Pray somebody like your son would come to the Lord. What a powerful testimony. Are we mature? God, what am I what would Seven sons of Siva, they—they they had it down. The father was a priest, no doubt. They had watched how Paul did it. Paul, when Paul does it, he says, "I command you to be loose from this man." That's how he did it. Let's go try to cast this devil out. Watch this. Here's how Paul did. He did it just like this. I command you to come out of this man. That thing came out of them and jumped on all seven of them and it took off running through the streets with their clothes all tore up. Here's what they said. Paul we know, and Jesus we know. You know why they knew him? Because in the spirit world, they had had encounters with Jesus. He had shown up and cast them out. Some of those demons that ran out of them and jumped on those guys might have been, a couple of those demons might have been somebody that got sent into the pigs and ran over the cliff. Oh, no. We know him. Who are these guys? We've never seen them in the spirit. any demonic activity ever seen you show up in the spirit? Or do you just come to church and sing songs? Stand at the altar quietly afterwards and behave yourself? Or do they go, I've dealt with that guy before. I've dealt with that lady before. You see, they didn't even recognize, even though father was a priest. Being Bill Sisko's son-in-law does nothing for me in the spirit. up, how do you cast out a devil if you don't have submission over your own flesh? I'm talking about being mature now. I'm talking about maturity.
1: I I know how
0: to pray in the name of Jesus Christ. I bind, I loose. Say whatever you want. But if you're just going through the motions and you don't know how to navigate through things in the spirit, I promise you whatever Paul said, I promise you those guys knew how to do it and they did they, they did all of their homework but they didn't know how to navigate through the spirit. I'm I'm looking at Christians right now that we better get to a place where we know how to navigate through the spirit. We better know how to get things done in the spirit because our 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 seniority is not going to matter. With I'm not afraid of end times. I prepare at whatever level you think is, is your deal, and whatever level I think is my deal. But but I'm here's what I'm here to tell you. When the disciples ask Jesus, show us the signs of your coming, and in Matthew 24, he lays it out, and it's not pretty. He's not telling them that to scare them. He's telling them that to prepare them Here's when I'm getting ready to come back. I am as excited as I could be. It's going to be weird. It's going to be odd. It's going to be somewhat it's frightening to our, our natural flesh. It's going to be somewhat frightening to us naturally. But I'm telling you, in the spirit world, it's all lining up to where Jesus is coming back soon. And what he needs is a group of people that are moving up in the ranks and winning people to Christ and and doing things in the spirit and understanding how to get things done in the spirit world and taking dominion and taking authority and taking new territories and being good in regional areas and saying, you know what, we're not going to be stopped. We're going to take this west side area. We're going to section this area off. We're going to march through this area, and we're going to take our rightful place and our dominion, and we want to make sure that every guest that comes to this church feels a sense of safety, that they can get into his presence, that they can be loved from people, that that no matter what your background, no matter what your sin is, that people can come here and feel loved. But then also know that Jesus is going to love you too much to allow you to stay that way. Thank God he loved us how we were. No matter how sinful we were, no matter what our sin was, thank God He loved us. But I'm also thankful that He loved us too much to let us stay that way. We love everybody just the way they are. Come to church, we love you. It doesn't matter, we love you. But we love you so much, we're going to give you truth and help you to, to get past some of your sinful ways just like He did us. we got to accept everybody. We do accept everybody. Should we do but we're also trying to move people out of sin so don't think that acceptance means that that everything's okay no, we love you but we understand the spirit world enough to know that as we love you as you are God wants us to grow out of our sinful natures in us, Lord, as we all stand to our feet today and just ask God to open our eyes and our ears, Lord, to get past our elementary way of thinking, God, our childish ways of thinking. Lord, help us to move into dimensions and into places in the spirit realm, God, where we crave. Those areas, God, awaken our hearts and our minds. Give us eyes to see and give us ears to hear in the spirit. Help us to see those traps and those snares that are set for us. trap set for you and it's not obvious you set a, a trap for something you you make sure there's no scent on it you put the trap down you, you you bed it in very carefully you put some loose leaves on top you put some bait there you put something that attracts them could be food it could be uh, scent from the opposite sex of that animal something that's going to draw them in And you totally disguise the trap. It looks very natural. What caused Peter to go down into the water when he was in the midst of his miracle? I don't see any record where some ghost or goblin showed up. It was winds and waves. What were fishermen used to? Winds and waves. But in the midst of that, those winds and waves comes and he looks at it and starts to go down in the water. I'm telling you, don't be distracted in the midst of your miracle. There's a trap that is set for you and you've got to be mature to see it. It might be bitterness, it might be unforgiveness, it might be something, it might be somebody that's there to set a a trap or a snare for you. It might be a relationship, it might be a friendship, it might be a misunderstanding, it might be money, it might be any number of things. I'm telling you, don't fall for the trap. You've got to be spiritual enough to say there's a war going on there's a war for my soul there's a war for my family because if he gets you he gets somebody else you don't sin alone yeah it's a popular slogan things that happen in vegas stay in vegas no they don't you go ahead and wreck your marriage in vegas and come home and think that's going to be all right you go ahead and wreck your finances there Think, come home and it's going to be all right. No, no, that commercial, it's a real good commercial. It makes you think that I can go there and do and be whatever I want to be for the weekend, and when I get home, I don't have to pay for it. But that's not the way it really works in the spirit world. You sin and you make a mistake, somebody else is going to hurt. You allow yourself to be taken out because of bitterness. Well, it's just me, it's just my problem. No, you disconnect from the body, the whole body suffers. You try to amputate any type of body and think it doesn't affect the body, you're mistaken. What's my problem? No, it becomes the body's problem. That's why you have to be mature. That's why you have to grow. That's why you can't fall for the end.